0: Hello and welcome back to our podcast on wealth magic. This is Mars, and once again I am joined today by our very own Pixie Dust. Hey Pixie Dust.
1: Hey guys. Happy and Jasmine. Hello.
0: And today we actually have a special guest. I want everyone to say hello to Freder Sanatos. Hey Freder.
2: Hi there. Pleased to meet you guys.
3: Yes. Thanks so, so much for having you on here. <laughs> thanks yes. so much
0: for taking the time. Awesome. Well, before we get started folks, I want to do a quick recap. Wealth Magic is a very powerful grimoire developed by Damon Brand and his colleagues over at the Gallery of Magic. The goal of the book is to take the occultist through a journey of seven rituals over a course of 6 months to enable a life of unlimited wealth. The first ritual we've discussed in the past was an alchemical rite, and it was designed to remove the blockages that exist within the occultist to free their mind and give them the ability to be, you know, susceptible to the conditions of wealth. The second ritual forms a pact with three powerful angels that render the occultist omnipotent and sets the tone for the mysteries ahead. The third ritual puts the first two to the test by facilitating an environment that is conducive to allowing money to flow into you and through you. Mm -hmm. The fourth ritual is with the Archangel Raziel, and we discussed how this ritual provides the intuition and the awareness needed to perceive the forces outside of your control, to better analyze opportunities that are in harmony with what you are commanding to the universe be manifested. Powerful ritual. The fifth ritual is all about stimulating change, And removing blockages by invoking powerful chemical spirits to elevate your ability to operate successfully in the world and now today folks we're discussing the sixth working so the sixth working first of all i think it's very interesting that demon selected this spirit for this book and is a spirit most well known uh in the in the occult community for his influence of the sixth and the seventh book of moses he's a powerful spirit who confers Great wealth and honors. He's known for conferring great renown, respect, and wonder. And he also promotes good mental and, and physical health.
1: Yes, awesome. Um, I can go ahead and start speaking a little bit about the introduction of this ritual and how. Um, so it first starts off with charging the talisman. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That is the other mage. So we don't have to actually charge this talisman, I don't believe. Because, or yes we do, yeah, charge talisman before you, which is not anything different than the other rituals so far, but what we do differently in the beginning of this one, which we haven't in the previous workings, um, is imagining that there's a circle of white light on the floor around you, um, as though you've drawn it with a piece of chalk, you know, and, and maintaining this visualization throughout the entire ritual, um, so, just a little bit of background or symbolism into just that white light, you know, in in the metaphysical world, in the spiritual world, um, white light is, a su- is usually associated with uh, or represents the upper chakras, you know, the crown chakra specifically, um, and also indicates a very, usually a very high spiritual vibration, so in my perspective and in relation to wealth and honor, which is what this working is um, is helping us with or is, is about, um, this white light that we are visualizing and maintaining around us the whole time, I feel is putting us in that position of um, a higher vibration, you know, opening up possibly the crown chakra in order to receive um, this sort of energetic or re- kind of open, excuse me, open this energetic opening to be able to receive wealth and honor, the wealth and honor that we ask for um, from Annie Quell. And yeah, and in addition to that, you know, it's also symbolic of protection, um, you know, because when we do call on these sort of spirits, we, it's always good to have protection regardless of, regardless of the spirit, you know, regardless of, um, and regardless of the magician, it just never hurts to, you know, make sure nothing else is coming in that we don't want, um you know that that's that is possibly not too strong or too weak
0: um i agree definitely i think like the 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 power of this spirit is sort of um like is is not well known um i guess in you know in the community i mean let's let's take it back a little bit you know this spirit is it, it has a lot of influence from the 6th and 7th book of, of, of moses right and and yasmin i'm pretty sure that um you you've looked at this sigil and you've determined that you know it's it's pretty much almost identical in terms of the sixth seventh book of Moses, right?
3: Yes. So what they did here well, honest to be honest, it's dramatically simplified what the gallery did, because in the original you'll see the planetary forces, the planets, a lot more Hebrew names. Yeah. They, they, I wonder- yes
0: the, sorry I, I i didn't mean to cut you off i want to get to i want to go to the point about like that uh pixie was making about the you know about the circle and i think you're getting there
3: oh, oh but, you
0: know yeah. yeah but but like yes. well, i guess what I'm, i guess what i'm trying to figure out is like what like when you're saying simplified right are you are you referring to like the way the gallery of magic has constructed the sigil um, in 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 comparison to the way that it is it was originally uh, created in the seventh book of moses?
3: Correct both. They, they simplified both the process and the CGO. And again, this will this will be on screen so it's more clear for people as it's now that we're doing this without without the editing. And do you want me to jump in like as far as how the ritual yeah. starts off? And then I think, you know, Fratar also has the information, so. Can- May I add something yeah. really quick?
1: Um, I just thought of this as you were talking about it, but um, it says it says in the working that they want us to keep the talisman in that circle with us, you know, as we're doing the ritual. Um, and so what I just kind of made the connection for, you know, which I know that we're going to touch on, you guys are going to touch on later in the podcast, um, is how they did simplify that sigil, in order for protection, or that's that talisman, in order you know to not have the energy be so strong, and I feel like, in addition to or to add to that sort of protection, um, is why we bring the talisman with us into that circle that we're visualizing, you know. Um, so that's kind of all I wanted to add about that, but
0: oh, okay, that's interesting, yeah.
3: So, oh. here, here is this thing the original grimoire is an actual evocation of the spirit where. You prepare the the circle, you're inside the circle. And with any demonic spirit, which this is, this is, you know, he's a great prince that lets you know he's not, he's not an angel.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: (laughs) So, yeah, so they, the gallery, you know, they want to make it easy. They're not trying to make you do a whole entire evocation. So Mm -hmm. they, they cut this part off and they, they say, imagine the white light around you and in the original you know you have you have to draw the circle with blood of young white doves on <laughs> mm-hmm. parchment you know physical you have to prepare it and then here we jump in with the prayers and that's the preparation for the circle and that is also the first uh, incantation that you speak a uh, frater do you want to jump in right here and oh, sh- explain that part of the ritual because I know you also have the book
0: yes so so yeah so sorry hold on and and I think like um I, I would love it if like Frater actually talked about this miraculous circle that like why did the gallery of magic decide that we had to imagine a circle
2: so I surmise that the reason for creating the circle within your mind is because they've simplified the sigil by removing not only the planetary elements around it, but also other divine names. And by creating the circle, it creates a three, for lack of a better definition, it creates a three-dimensional space for your mind to occupy safely so that the spirit can exist outside of that space and be present with you. Now, when you do the physical circle, all magicians will state this. In doing the circle allows you to occupy your physical three-dimensional space, and the spirit will fill the space outside of the circle. That's why when I watch a lot of these Hollywood movies, and they are like, oh, we'll draw the circle, and then we stand outside of it and summon the spirit. No, that's wrong. <laughs> because what <laughs> happens is the entity comes with such force. It actually fills the entire space. And I had a very similar situation when I called on the, uh, one of the angels called Yahadio. I did a very similar ritual and wow, it was terrifying, terrifying. Mm -hmm. Because literally my space went black. The whole room went black. And then I realized it had occupied the space around me and here I am standing in this circle. Mm -hmm. So by drawing that circle, it allows you to contain your physical three-dimensional reality, allowing the entity from whatever reality it's coming in to fill that space around you. And because it comes with so much power, then that way it gives you that sense of, I would say, protection. So that way you're coherent and can understand what it's trying to communicate with you. And like I said earlier, because a lot of times people take for granted these circles, like uh, just like uh, our good friend here um, uh, Pixita said. That vibration, that circle, whether it's drawn physically on a parchment of paper at a specific hour on a on a new moon, as it says in the original grimoire, or the circle you're envisioning in your mind, it is a higher vibrational level. And unless you attune yourself to that higher vibrational level, by creating that circle, then what happens is you have worlds collapsing in on themselves. And then you have more problems than you can handle. Mm. That's the best way I can explain that.
0: Very powerful spirit, indeed and and Frater, just um, like touching touching on the 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 gallery of magic sigil and you know sort of like the history behind it you know we understand that the, the influence came from the sixth and book of six six or seven book of Mogus. what um did the, the gallery of magic sort of do without uh, versus what was in the book in, in the original six and or seven book of moses um because you know jasmine mentioned that the galley of magic really simplified this The sigil mm-hmm. do you can you elaborate a little bit on like what your analysis is on that
2: yes my analysis on this is they simplified it because they weren't sure if certain individuals had a certain i would say uh, mind state right whether because you have to remember they're creating the rituals for a broad range of users. And the question is, when you have a large group of individuals who are going to perform something, the experience is going to be different for everybody. This is personal gnosis, right? This is why we can't really quantify magic like you can quantify science. So what could be a pleasant experience for one practitioner can easily turn into a horrible experience for another practitioner. So I believe the the approach by the Gallery of Magic is by simplifying the sigil, it was to try to level out the field. So that way, anybody who's utilizing it will have a very similar experience. So if it's unpleasant, it would be mild. If it's good, it would be comfortable. So that way, nobody walks away in such a way that they feel completely torn apart or that their mind is fractured trying to work the ritual. I also found it interesting, just like how they remove some of the sacred names of God, or how they change some of the pronunciations of the spirits that go underneath the citation of an equal. So that's my best, I guess, my best explanation and observation based on what I know so
0: far. It seems like when um, you get into the bit about um, so when you're when you're imagining a circle and you have the sigil with you, the the book tells you to um, to say um, sort of an incantation that starts with Yahweh and and ends with key relays on and I I'm I'm being a bit uh, vague here because I want to be cognizant of copyrights mm-hmm. um, and I, I respect the material from the gallery of magic mm-hmm. um, but it seems like there is a really big cultural mashup in these words I mean Yahweh is is, uh, is Hebrew Theos mm-hmm. it seems like it's Greek almost Greek yeah. yeah.
2: Yes, you are correct. This is where I'm also equally confused because when I go to the original seventh and sixth and seventh books of Moses, and I'm looking at the names, I'm also equally puzzled because some of the names make sense. Like For example, my I have a brother, and I can say this because there's a lot of people with his name. My brother's name is Theophilus, and in Greek, Theos means divine gift, right? Like Theophilus, the philosopher. So Theos is the first one. Then the next one is in the actual citation of an equal, the sacred names that the gallery of magic has broken down phonetically, actually Abba. And in Hebrew, it means more than one root. And then the next one is Zaba, which means in Hebrew, she who offers a sacrifice to God. But then all of a sudden it switches to another name. I got And then I'm like, but wait a minute, what's that? I've never seen that name before. And Again, it's not like you can just run this through Google, right? And (laughs) come up with a translation because it doesn't work that way. So I've been silently digging for years, trying to figure out where these names are coming from. Because they seem to be pulled from different, sometimes it feels like almost from different cultures. So this is where I'm almost sitting back saying, where was the original source of these names floating around for years? Like, I'm talking hundreds, hundreds, maybe thousands of years. How did these names all suddenly get put together Mm -hmm. and they seem to be names of spirits that answer to the prince an
3: yes i i want to say i have seen this also with other ceremonial magic books that they will this one particular book that i'm thinking of has nothing to do with this but they Mm -hmm. they will also do this it's a book about the planets and, and you know they will repeatedly say oh and tone this name and then they mix greek latin hebrew yes so yeah i mean in occultism in general it's like in, in, even in the kabbalah we, we pull from all these different sources kinda mm-hmm. so sometimes hmm. i don't know it, maybe it's almost like saying a divine greeting and saying it in all the divine languages but I, i'm not sure here i'm just making
0: yeah. Well, I yes. think, I think, I think um, you know, definitely Freighter makes a good point um, in, in these kind of um, um, rituals, uh, especially these older grimoires, um, my, my understanding is that the, the, uh, words themselves are actually utilized to give you sort of this, all, this authorization, um, to work with the spirit. And, um, almost as if you are more like a, it's not authorization, but it's more like, a like you're acting on behalf of God type of type of thing. Okay. And so when you can, when, you know, when you can hold the light in your hand like that and, um, and, and work with a very powerful spirit, um, it, it almost seems like languages are, are aren't really a barrier at all
3: you yeah. know yes especially um, those are all magical languages you know like
0: exactly yeah.
3: but l- let's just take it back maybe to the actual you know ritual mm-hmm. because yeah. we were we were at the circle right so the gallery yeah. says imagine the right light And it's funny to me because in the book, they say, you do not create or draw the circle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's it's almost like they're trying to say, we we are trying to make it easy for you guys. No evocation. Just imagine my life. in the actual book, there is, you know, you you draw the physical circle and then there is a conjuration in Latin that sounds very, um, I want to say Christian, Mm. Yeah. They are very dramatic. I don't know, maybe, Frater, you want to read it, how it actually starts in the real remark? Because... Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can read it. It's, I'm, and again, I'm just going by based on what I learned years ago, but it starts off as ego in consicro, e ibi eastern curriculum per nomino de astissimi, in io scripta, usit me he omnibus scutumi protecto de fortissimi. Then all of a sudden, it breaks into Hebrew, Elohim. Then back to Latin again, Invisibilis, Conta, Omnis, Maglino, Spiritus, Coricum, in Inomine, Dei Paris, De fili, De Spiritus, Sancti, Amen. Then it switches to English. And that is the actual pronunciation, or I should say the actual incantation for when you've created the physical circle. So it's funny how the Gallery of Magic skipped all of that, and they said... <laughs> Just visualize the circle. <laughs> and I kind of get it because visualizing the circle means you just tune your mind and spirit to a higher vibrational sp- frequency where you just have to visualize the spirit only rather than actually doing the physical circle, reading the incantation and then having to deal with the spirit physically as well, which may be way too much to handle.
3: Correct. Hmm. It's like they're, they're awesome. made, they made this ritual like, okay, let's make this from a, proper evo- ceremonial evocation into a quick ritual that you can just do sit down in 15 minutes easy you know chaos
0: magic yes
3: exactly so and then after this very dramatic very to me christian sounding incantation yeah. that they completely skip there goes the worst the words that you know frater already already read earlier the in, in the original, it says tetragrammaton, theos, is and so on. And the gallery changed that they do not like the word tetragrammaton. This is just something I noticed. Yeah. Going back to all the grimoires, whenever the original says tetragrammaton, they will put another name of God. Anyways, but this is actually... I hope this is not too confusing, but this, the, there goes the actual words that the gallery then took. The first incantation, when they say the talisman of Anaquil should be inside the imagined circle with you, say the Yahweh Theos. And again, in the original it says Gamaton, Theos, mm-hmm. so on, and then the original will make you recite Psalm 91. The gallery also, also completely skips that part. Yes. And then they write, take the moment to know that an equal has already been stirred. The talisman is within your circle and the magic has begun. The words, you know, speak are a way of getting an equal to listen to your desires. So and so on. Also, sorry, copyright. I'm not trying to break things here. So, you know, they, is, they explain a little bit what you're doing and then now they come to the actual conjuration because again before this was just preparatory work this was part of creating the circle was part of creating the environment to call an equal and now we go to the actual conjuration Mm -hmm. and it's called in the actual grimoire the citation of an yes so yeah you you can continue later
2: okay so that's where it gets interesting because the Gallery of Magic realizes the citation of Iniquio, they cannot skip it. They have to call on the names, the spirit. And in my opinion, I don't know why, for some reasons, I always look at them as names of spirits that also answer to the prince. Because in order for a prince or even in demonology they talk about the same thing. when the dukes have to appear, you have to call on their legion and they all have names. So you announce the names, the citation, right, of equal by mention all the names. And the crazy part is when I'm looking at the original uh, incantation, the original citation for this seal, it mentions all the spirits capitalized as individual names. And then at the very end, you say an equal. So that's the crazy part. You actually quickly realize, okay, so I'm calling on names of spirits, but I can only see, understand some of them. Like we said earlier. It's a mishmash of different entities from different cultures, some from a bygone era, some were probably maybe gods, and then they became demonized and were demons instead. Who knows? But the power behind it still isn't lost. And I find that it's amazing that when you vibrate the names, this is the interesting part, when you can actually get the intonation as close as you can physically feel, because again, Gaudi magic basically tries to simplify the phonetics because they themselves are just like us. They're not sure where some of these names are coming from. They do it as best as possible. Because as long as your intent is behind the pronunciation, the intent will still produce real results. And uh, this is where something I sometimes I say, you know what? It's good that the Gallery of Magic does that. As much as sometimes I'm a purist in a way and I kind of go, oh, this is a little sloppy. It does help. Because the average person doesn't speak multiple languages that uh, of a bygone era. Most individuals may speak one, maybe two languages. So it's good that they made it comfortable for us to pronounce. Hopefully down the time, down the road, I'll probably get more time away from, because I have a young family. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if I have to do anything, I have to lock myself in a room. I would love to figure out where some of these names are coming from. And I've only deciphered maybe two or three of them. And I'm even not so sure about it.
3: Mm. Yes. It's, it's interesting
0: it's... because, oh, go ahead.
3: No, I just wanted to chime in one little thing, that in the original, Mm -hmm. and I feel this is more significant than we probably think, but Frater already explained really well, like, if they did the whole thing, people would not be ready for it. And also, I don't think the gallery wants to be sued (laughs) or have (laughs) horrible stories of the crazy things that happen when you actually call a spirit into your actual space. Yeah. So here, yeah. By why I'm saying this is because in the actual book, it says, will seal or character for coercion oh, and you know. obedience. <laughs> Again, if you go back to, you know, books, I, I'm sure a lot of people here have worked with demons of magic. With demons, it's, it's a lot of which, this is also a demon. This is not an angelic entity. It's, you know, back in the day, back in the middle ages, they used this very, forceful way of commanding these spirits and it was a very hostile relationship and people are moving away from that unless you are a very old school traditional high ceremonial magician but again this is not a nice relationship to have and this is why people or magicians probably had a lot of horror stories and bad experiences because you're trying to force this powerful entity and command them and Force them into obedience, you know, so I also think that they left out a lot, a lot of the sigil because maybe, because I mean, I don't, I don't understand all this Hebrew, I don't know exactly what this all means, what they left out, but I will think maybe it was much more of a forceful energy and they were trying, they were trying to take that away just to, you, you know, don't make, don't create this hostile environment that's, that can yes. create strong experiences and very negative experiences if, you know, the yeah. spirit feels yep. forced into obedience. I mean, how does that sound? To me, that sounds terrible. That sounds like like a am thinking of like a dictator authoritarian <laughs> yeah. government, you know what I mean? When I hear yeah. the word like uh, coercion and obedience, it's terrible. Yeah.
2: That's why I wanted... On... Oh, sorry, Mario. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's why I wanted to add too that as ironic as this may sound the reason the catholic church basically banned the book as quickly as possible is because this grimoire became very popular with a lot of evangelical ministers and pastors because if you think about it a lot of these seals are about coercion and obedience right and what does a pastor or minister do they want to enforce obedience to who god right and it's funny because I have a friend who was a former priest. And he's like, "This is," he said, "this is also one of his favorite grimoires," which is ironic. What's a priest doing with a grimoire like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of makes you chuckle, and you just say, "Wow, you know, people will do what they do best." So yeah, I, I apologize, Mario. I didn't mean to cut you off there.
0: No, oh, totally, totally no, and and that's great. I, it's interesting because like when we get to the point where we're talking about, uh, so when we're past the circle and we're looking at uh some of the combination of words in in different cultures it's it's I'm, I'm a bit unclear is it that in the beginning which part is the pact is, is so it says uh, in the book it says Annieglo can hear every word from the fir- from the first but by saying all these words you are making a pact that you will speak and Anquo will listen to your request so is he so is Damon referring to the next set of phonetic words or is he just referring to the words that you said previously?
2: He's referring to both. He's referring to the words you refer, you recite first previous and the words you're going to say after.
0: Got it. Yeah. It's interesting. So because it would be good to know what that translates to.
2: And I feel the way they say pact, it's almost like a way of saying, okay, we'll just tell you subconsciously you're doing a pact rather than reading the entire psalm right because the whole mm-hmm. idea of having psalm 91 is to seal the pact right you're using one of the sacred prayers of god in order to acknowledge you're making an arrangement with his spirit Well, because the gallery of magic skipped that i can see why they said okay you're making a pact just understand this is what you're doing <laughs> again kind of like a shortcut but
0: it, it works
3: yeah it oh also- i
0: see interesting so what they're go ahead
3: Oh, sorry, I just wanted to, to make a, like, say something about pacts, because this is something, remember ritual too, this is the first ritual where I remember them saying you are making a pact with the angels of omnipotence, and I just think they mean it a little different when they mean pact, I mean, not to take away what you say, I, I agree with that, I'm just saying that the original meaning of a pact is a bit more serious. It actually means an actual contract, especially with demonic spirits. You usually sign a contract, and you sign it in blood. We we are clearly not doing that. I just wanted to say that. Yes. I just feel like if when they say pact, it's all. Another reason is to put the magician in the mindset that this is serious magic. This is not just a random ritual. Like you're doing this whole book. Yeah. These whole, these whole workings of that will take you five, five to six months to complete, and this is serious. This, this is not some little game. This is serious magic. Take it serious and treat it as such, because this is where they took it from. But to me, I see the word pact. Like, yes, I get it. Why they call it pact? But I'm also thinking of what a pact traditionally means, where you sign with blood. You know. And where you have to give offerings and give something in return, which they're not doing. I, I just wanted to say that because I feel like they're they're using these words and a lot of people may not be aware that usually when you say pack, you know, you sign stuff and blood, and you you're signing a contract. I just wanted to say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this has a more serious tone to it. Um, I do want to say too, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but um, the, it's interesting that they want us to do this ritual. I'm kind of jumping, I guess, a little bit to the end, but they want us to do this ritual for 11 days, Um, and I think there might be another one in here that is 11 days, too. I'm kind of taking this off what we were talking about, but, um, you know, the mat in numerology, 11 is a master number, Um, and it, Usually indicates uh, a oneness within ourselves with with the universe. You know, being part of the all uh, within that fullness in ourselves, and also um, is just keeps us open to like vast spiritual concepts, and as well as being aware of the presence of a greater power. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, and just an interesting symbol, uh, symbolic tidbit about the amount of days that we're doing this too. You know. Um, 11 being a master number and this being the ritual of wealth and honor um you know and also and there's the the 11th hour right which is usually um a suggestion of urgency uh and this is like the second to last ritual also so you know it's like we're getting not not that it's an urgent one but it's i just powerful um in in what it's bringing to us and I know for myself, it was like I said, a very big transitional period. Um, I experienced very, I experienced disruptions. Um, I was actually had COVID at the time that I did this ritual earlier this year, and uh, and then a friend of mine um, who did it also said that he experienced more financial disruptions than in the second ritual. Um, so you know, not not to scare anyone with that, you know, because they're when when we're breaking our old molding of what we were manifesting before and stepping into one of wealth and attracting wealth then there will be disruptions right because that we need to shatter the old beliefs and everything um and and be open to receiving the newness so anyway i just wanted to throw a little bit of that in there uh because everything i feel like everything is important you know maybe not all all important but uh but um the sorry i got distracted um but the importance, like this, this subtle importances of like just the amount of days you're doing it and everything. So
3: yes, and also you know, eleven is an is a very angelic number. So yes, usually, usually. and, and th- there yeah. is a pattern in the book with eleven, twenty-two, thirty-three. 33. Obviously, master yeah. numbers and all. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, eleven yeah. times two is twenty-two times three is thirty-three. So exactly. Uh, Oh, interesting
1: yeah
0: okay so it's interesting because um like yeah the 11 day the 11 is definitely a master number and one of the things that like this ritual gives you or what it's you know what's what's on offer according to the the beginning of the chapter chapter is that this this spirit is going to give you um wealth but it's going to it's also going to give you a good reputation as well right and when we look towards the end of the ritual um more specifically um the only part of the ritual that's actually in english when you're when you're (laughs) when you're when you're actually directly speaking towards the spirit um we have some very interesting things that are being said there jasmine what are your thoughts on
3: that (laughs) <laughs> or, okay, so we went from the original conjuration that is in the original grimoire under the, you know, under the, the sigil and the gallery copy that and now you talk in English. I ask that you bestow upon me great wealth, etc. And that is important because, you know, let's not forget our intent. It's easy to get lost in those words. <laughs> And it's it, it very magical, but we don't actually understand what we are saying. Anyways, but then I bind this with the words. And interestingly, in the grammar, the most high words of God, the binding of the spirits from Moses, Aaron, and Solomon. Mm. This skipping apart again, but then it says, apparatio or arapition. It almost instantaneous upon these mysterious words and procedure. As soon as they appear, however, address them and compel them into obedience with the following, I can't even pronounce that word, it's Latin, I don't know what this means, but then it says binding of Moses. So the closing, right before you say the license to depart, this is the binding of Moses from the original Glimar that starts with sebayoth abato, Gamachon and again like i said before the gallery does not like to use Gamachon for some weird reason they exchange that to adonai yes and then but but the rest is identical it's the binding of moses and it it says in the instructions under, um since the spirits will now appear quickly bring your desires forward honestly as it as if before your fellow man without fear for nothing can harm you, much dara, rather all must serve you and yield obedience and serve you according to your wishes. So you know that talk about petitioning, but that's basically what you know what we all already did before when we ask when we say I ask that you bestow upon me wealth, etc. Then we do the binding of Moses from the original remorse and then um it's a license to be- part basically. That's how we close the ritual.
0: As you came in peace, and you will go in peace, with the words, blah 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 blah, right?
3: Yes, and even the license to the part is also it's, it's from the original Omar, and it says valedictio or dismissal of the spirits. Since the spirits have now served you according to your wish, dismiss and discharge them as follows: sebaiothios. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they do. What the uh, demon brand does again. I don't want to copyright in, in French again. <laughs> it's like, as it came in peace, whatever. And then again, those words, those magical words, and mm-hmm. yeah, they are from the actual grimoire. That's it. That's all I want to say about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and that is amazing. That is amazing. I, every day, um, every moment uh, of my life, um, even and, and even in moments like this, I'm just so thankful and so appreciative like to just, just to know, just to like, in the case of like right now, just to have more knowledge and more wisdom mm-hmm. about these rituals, and in, it's 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 an amazing journey, and it's just a privilege to be here with all of you, you know, to to, to to continue to talk to to continue to talk about this book and dissect it, and really you know get behind you know the reason why, uh, Damon Graham meticulously picked these spirits. Um, mm-hmm to, 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 to accomplish this, this omnipotent wealth. Yeah. Um, Before we close, I wanted to talk about this specific piece of the puzzle. So there's seven rituals, this specific book comes, or I'm sorry, this specific chapter comes, you know, directly, you know, it's, it, it comes in, in, in a, a, everything's all sort of in a, in a sequence. And this sort of comes, you know, after, the fifth working, but before the sixth working. Any reason? Any any thoughts on why um, why the order? Why why this why this uh, this spirit is being called specifically at this time in the book? And you know, maybe any thoughts on what would this spirit do? Like, what what is the practitioner uh, or the petitioner? Um, what should they be aware of when? when they ex- when they expect to um accept this the influence of this spirit in their life.
1: Um I'll go ahead and touch on something really quick. Just what first came to mind is okay. that I feel like um, you know, the the last working is is with Klonek, right? So and I feel like of all the rituals that we've done or of all the workings so far, um, Klonick is probably the most intense for lack of a better word. You know, the most um the most uh, capable of change, I believe, you know, just independent of all the other rituals. And I yep. feel like maybe Aniquel on the sixth working is almost like a stepping stone um, in order to get, in order to prepare us for working with Klaunek in the final r- working. Um, you know, and I know that we have worked with a Duke before and there's, I don't believe Aniquel is the first prince, but maybe he is. Um, but as far as just doing the rituals, you know, and not to say that, like, the angels of omnipotence are not powerful, you know, and that other um, entities in, in these workings are not powerful, but just for what purposes they serve, you know, they perhaps need to be at that, um, at that point in the book. And then with this one, you know, it's like, it's almost like, um hmm, like, a precursor of uh, for the final one, I don't know. That was the thought that, that came into my head um, because working with Aniqual was, I felt almost a stronger connection or a stronger experience or just more energetic experience um, than even the Angels of Omnipotence. Just, it, it was just different. Yeah, you know, and um, and then finally at the last one we have Clownex. So, and that one I believe is the most most powerful in my opinion.
2: And that's where, if you don't mind me adding to as well, I also, when I did the wealth magic, what I found most interesting was, I know everybody said that the sixth working with an equal was disruptive. For me, it was the polar opposite because I remember making a journal and documenting my progress. I found with an equal during those 11 days of doing that ritual, I had such an incredible flow of income. And I still remember to this day, at this time, I was just working a lonely truck driving job. I was struggling. And I went from working my minimum 25 hours to week to almost working 60 hours a week. And it Mm -hmm. continued for almost a month straight. And I was sitting there and I said to myself, "Hmm, perhaps what's happening is an equal is observing that I'm driving myself, I'm forcing myself every step of the way to make wealth, right? To create wealth. So what happened is because I've made that pact, It's honoring the pack by saying, here you go, because you're working so hard, here's the reward. This is an ideal idea of what it's going to be like in the future, because then I realized quickly, I'm like, wow, that kind of makes sense. Because then when I got into the working with Klonick, that's when things went backwards for me. Literally, everything was falling apart. My truck broke down. Uh, somebody cut off the power. Of the engine my truck froze in the middle of the wintertime in Winnipeg. Uh, I had somebody who ended up trying to slash my tires. It was one thing after another when I was working with Clonec. Clonec really gave me disruption. But I found with Inequil, Inequil was more like, okay, here you go. Hand on the table. You're doing your part of the deal. I'll honor you. So that's that's what I, have- I wanted to
0: share i have a i have an interesting story because you know i feel that uh i didn't really get any results uh in the immediate um um uh, process of doing the rituals but um i do have an interesting um story that i feel really attributes to this ritual at least to the powers of this ritual mm-hmm. um and you know it 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 basically involves um this this you know, sort of this opportunity that I had once to sort of step up and and lead at uh, at uh, at uh, a uh, there, there was so some kind of uh, backstory. There was there was a problem at um, my job, and essentially, um, no one sort of knew how to solve the problem. Essentially, mm-hmm. and um, and I had um, I have a lot. My so kind of background is uh, is in software engineering, so basically um i had i had we had a an engineering problem that you know i was kind of really the only one that was knowledgeable to solve it and it's interesting because like i knew this particular problem very well because i had experienced it uh in a previous job and by the way being um a software engineer today um is 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 a direct reflection of the the rituals of wealth magic itself it Um, I completely picked up the skill of software engineering, um, studied online. The book gave me basically this, it just handed me the skill in my hand and I just happened to be very interested in it. Um, And it's, it brought me, you know, it's brought me ahead really, um, really far. Um, But in any event, so I, you know, I've kind of gone through all these different experiences to kind of know exactly what this problem was and I miraculously was the only person that could solve it to, to have a plan, to figure it out. And this kind of opened up an opportunity for me within the company that I work at um, mm-hmm. to be overlooked at by se- by senior leaders. And so a lot of senior leaders, big managers were looking at me. Um, they were very much interested in what I had to say. And it put me in um, a position that was was very advantageous for my career um the there is a flip side to this ritual too though and i would say that it wasn't maybe any disruption but it's that you know be prepared for the level of um leadership that you actually if you're not if you're not a leader you you need to learn how to be one Mm -hmm. Um, if you if you don't know how to lead or write you know read a book Um, but if, if you're given an opportunity to lead and, or at least if you're given an opportunity where others are going to look at you, you better know, you better know what you're talking about and sort of know what you're doing. Otherwise it's going to backfire. And, and I think this, this is a very, you know, this is a double-edged sword, this ritual. Um, but you know, in my case, it kind of worked out really well. And what I'm hoping is, is that at least with, you know, the, the previous, the, the, the preceding rituals, what I'm hoping is that, you know, it, I don't know, maybe it just kind of set me up to, to kind of set my life up to, to kind of go through those experiences of my past to eventually get me to where I am today. So anyway, those are my thoughts.
1: Awesome. Mm I like what you said about being about it, preparing you uh, to be a leader. I think that's in my experience, that's a hundred percent true, you know, and just doing, and in the times that I was doing wealth magic, even between the first round and the second round, you know, I went from just a, like a regular, you know, employee position to a position of management. Um, and in addition to, you know, growing my YouTube and being more in the public eye and stuff, like, it's just that, that elevation and, um, and, you know, that's part of the honor, I think, of, of this ritual, of this working, too, is just creating that that name for yourself um, and and building that strong foundation in which to be that leader um, in h- however that manifests in each um, user's, in each person's life.
3: Yeah, yeah, I also wanted to add, you know, for, for me, when I did Wealth Magic, I've only done it once so far. I also... I had a pretty bad time, the entire book, and then it completely shifted about two, three weeks after finishing, but the whole book was actually a nightmare for me. <laughs> so, some some rituals worse than others, but again, it's not the rituals, it's where you are in life and what the spirits can do for you at a certain point in time. And for some people, like you said, like Freita said, oh, I, I was doing so well during ritual six, it's like when your life is ready for certain results, kind of. And mm-hmm. for me, everything had to happen after, and everything before I had to get ripped out. So mm-hmm. This is how it's happened to me. And, you know, going back to why at this, like, why Ritual Six uh, for Wealth and Honor, I totally agree that Clownic is the most powerful as far as blowing things up and just bringing in a lot of money and, like, becoming this you know person that really is building wealth wealth not just attracting money actually building wealth for themselves and yeah i, I just think that you know we start with our with ri- raising our vibration to you know frequency of abundance with the daily practice and we start to attract money slowly and then you know we tell the angels of omnipotence hey we're serious i want to change my life i'm serious Mm -hmm. and then they come in and start like using uh uh, this is how i kind of always picture that they kind of pulling the strings from above Mm -hmm. you know like like way from way above not as like direct as other spirits and then yes we do more workings to attract money and then then we get to raziel that Mm -hmm. is next level that's like hey open the gates yeah. You know, let me really be able to learn and get on this other level of magic and in my life and you know open stuff up for me mm-hmm. and then we go back to attracting money and then maybe the thought is that by this time of ritual six, that whatever you're doing in your life that at this point you are building something for yourself something you've either You either going to get promoted or already have gotten promoted or changed careers or started a new business or took your business to the next level and that once uh, but no matter what these things are you're going to have to build a reputation for yourself if you're going somewhere seriously so it makes sense and then clonic comes in last as the final hammer Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know after yeah. the build up of all these rituals and it's like okay you're ready now i'm gonna like blast blast yeah. the yeah. astral what what is it then. so the, i'm gonna blast open the vault the vault the astral vault <laughs> and pour all this money to your reality yeah <laughs> i, I never
0: knew I, I never knew what the definition of wealth was until i i met clonic jesus christ yeah <laughs> it, it completely awesome. elevated my perspective
3: i i agree yeah i can just say like i'm i'm such a different person than i was years ago and i have established such a mindset of wealth and i had zero wealth before when i started wealth magic i i only had debt i didn't have any you know net worth or anything that this to, to even build this whole Mindset of wealth again. Again, no matter where you are and what you're doing, if you're if you're an employee or your own business, it doesn't matter. But you're really elevating who you are mm-hmm. and b- building this. Like starting off to build actually a life of wealth, whatever that means to you. You know, That's right? Yeah. yeah,
1: this book has changed my life. I mean, and I it's not even done yet. You know, I can I still know I'm in sort of the the process of. of receiving the results of the second round and possibly even the first, but, but just even in the, you know, the time that it's been, like, it's just a completely different situation, completely different perspective, mindset, new connections, you know, new, I mean, here we are doing this podcast about it and, uh, you know, all, all having been connected as, as strangers, you know, on the internet. And, um, and that's a beautiful thing in and of itself. I consider myself wealthy being able to sit here and do this with you guys, Um, you know, and that's in order to talk about this and share this wealth,
3: so.
0: Likewise, um, likewise.
3: Yes, appreciate you guys. And
2: uh, I was going to also add too as well, just like you, uh, Pixie Dust, and uh, all of you, I'm also still feeling the effects of wealth magic to this very day. I mean, I look at the multiple, my meteoric rise within Amazon Mm. and the position I'm in right now where, I'm the senior learning coordinator of development and training. I'm now doing compliance from multiple departments. I've i have just, it's been incredible at what the Wealth Magic has done. Yeah, it's fun to make fun of the Gallery of Magic's, you know, sleight of hand with some of the rituals. But <laughs> when you take the time to appreciate the simplicity of genius mm. in the way that the rituals have been compiled together, it's almost like they save you a lifetime, of dedication and practice like somebody walks up to you and says you know what i see that you're dragging your feet let me put some wheels in the cart and there you go and it's something i still i I, i'm very grateful for that's why i I, and don't get me wrong when i meet individuals who are doing wealth magic four or five times in a row i'm like man stop
1: (laughs) take time
2: to appreciate what you just did stop and smell
1: the roses
2: yeah stop and smell the roses because those changes that the wealth magic initiates happen sometimes years down the road. And in my case, I watched it happen successively within a three year window. And I can attribute a lot of the effects of where I'm even sitting right now as one of the most important individuals within my site in Amazon. And I'm like, wow, I'm like the center of information. Everybody comes to me for this, everybody looks to me for leadership. When I step onto the floor and my area managers are completely flustered, they're like, Gamal, how do you do this? And I'm like, wow there's a, there's a power behind it. And ah. I reached out, it tapped it, it tapped me, and it made me aware of the responsibility of that power. So yeah, I, I'm very grateful. Very grateful.
3: Yes. Me, me That's too.
1: awesome. Same thing. I, I had chills right now as everyone was speaking too. So that just, I don't know, shows some confirmation or some uh, importance behind it as well. So
3: Usually, um, that, that means, you know, when, when I get these chills, it means, you know, the, the spirits are around. They're, they're listening to us. They know we're doing yeah. this. <laughs> they're happy with They like it. Yeah, they exactly.
1: It. They probably like being talked about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, sure. I love when that happens.
1: Yeah, right.
0: I think we've gotten uh, uh, a wealth of information from this time with you guys. This is amazing stuff that we can get out there to everyone. Mm. And just to be able to just you know, just talk, for, you know, f- philosophize about it, uh, f- excuse me, philo- philosophize. Did I say that right?
1: <laughs> I think so. Uh,
0: philosophize. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, is 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 amazing. So I just, I want to thank everyone here for taking the time today to meet. Um, we, we all got really busy schedules. Uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to actually, I know you, I know you have a family and you're just taking the time to like, get on this call and to spread the wisdom and, 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 and talk about these things that interest us, um, and that bring us together. Mm. Thank
2: you guys. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Same to
0: you Pixie for putting this together. Um, and Jasmine, Jasmine is always the person that we go to for Mm
3: -hmm.
0: all of that information that we need. Yes. Mm
3: -hmm. Well, today, today I had extra help. A lot of credit to freighter because he knows I was blowing up his phone I was like this <laughs> <one> again <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so well, it was great to have you here freighter
1: um, you know to add to our our knowledge and and be able to share this information you know and, and deliver deliver it in such a, a clear um, uh, understandable way you know so
0: thank you guys very
1: I very much I listen- appreciate it
2: That means a lot to me and uh, I I hope I didn't speak out of turn too much because I got a little excited. No, (laughs) uh, I I think we all did. Uh, My only parting words I have and uh, I've come to appreciate the rights of magic very deeply as I've already embarked on a very spiritual ceremonial path, which I'm working on per se. And I had a little bit of a delay because I had a personal illness. But one thing I realized is the more books and magic I acquired, the more I'm starting to realize I don't need any of them. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's ironic. I mean, even when I look at this grimoire, the sixth and seventh book of Moses alone, it has so much in it. I know. The power of this book alone is incredible. It saddens me because I know, as like one of my colleagues said, A lot of, there are a lot of, a lot of individuals in the uh, quote unquote faith communities that are abusing this power. Mm -hmm. No word of a lie. They are coercing individuals to follow them down a certain path. And the crazy part is even though these individuals are acting in a very unbecoming manner, they're not also aware of the fact that they, it's a double-edged sword. It swings both ways. As everybody, you hear the occasional term, you know, throwing yourself on the sword of Damocles, right? You believe you've won the battle, but you have to throw yourself on the sword to win it. And it comes at a steep cost. So we have to treat these grimoires, these books of knowledge with great respect and realize that when we have imbued ourselves with that power to turn around and lift those around us, even if they cannot be lifted, we can understand and appreciate where they're sitting in their lifetime and at least take that energy we have and spread it to the people that matter. That's the one thing we should be doing with this lifetime, as best as
0: we can. Mm-hmm. Amen.
1: Yes, awesome. Amen.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you, you
0: very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, and uh, those of you who are tuning in. Thank you. Uh, and we are off to the seventh working. And until then, yes. Take care. All right. Take, take care, care, guys. guys. Lighten, lighten Bye.
2: Bye.